Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. It's not about the corner office. It's not about the fancy title. It's not even about the extra money. Responsible leadership is about taking care of those who choose to follow you, and that care takes on many forms. This podcast is dedicated to bringing you the best guests with the best advice to help you succeed in that endeavor. The Responsible Leadership Podcast is a production of The Leadership Phalanx. To find out more about me and what I do, visit leadershipphalanx.com. That's leadership, P-H-A-L-A-N-X.com. And now, on to today's show. Well, hello, folks, and welcome to this episode of the Responsible Leadership Podcast. In this episode, I want to share another great story with you from history uh, that happened during the first moon landing, the Apollo 11 mission on July 20th, 1969. Now, this is a story that is going to highlight the importance of training, planning, and trust, and why those are things that is important for you as a responsible leader to do and build in your organization. So as the landing module is heading towards the surface of the moon, uh, Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong are met with uh, two alarms, 1201 and 1202 alarms. Now, what was real disconcerting to them about these alarms is they had never seen them before. Uh, back then, you know, computing power was very limited. It took large, large computers that would fill up, you know, good sized rooms to run simple programs. Things we take for granted a little bit today because we've got powerful computers in our pockets on and on our wrists on a daily basis. Uh, but they didn't have that computing power available. So as they were going through training, uh, when they were designing the, the simulators and all that, they had to figure out where they could cut data to, to be able to work with what they had. And so one of the things they would do was uh, they would evacuate some of the alarms that were deemed a little less, uh, a little less, I'll say important. I don't think that's exactly the right word for it, but uh, things that really didn't matter as much to the astronauts. So this would create some tense times every once in a while when one of these errors that they hadn't seen before had come up. This was during the landing sequence, right? So this was like when they were kind of in the make or break moment of the mission that these 1201 and 1202 alarms 
uh, came up. So uh, Neil Armstrong comes over the radio, uh, the radio and says, hey, you know, Houston, we've got these alarms. They give what the numbers are, and he's asking for feedback, right? What, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? Well, to those same training restraints, uh, some of the folks that were kind of on the floor, if you will, uh, they didn't know what they were either. So they started making calls to some of the engineers who had really been into kind of the meat uh, of designing these systems. And uh, luckily, they had uh, at least one gentleman there who was very meticulous with his note taking, uh, very meticulous with uh, with all of these error codes. And as soon as he heard it, he knew what it was. It was a it was essentially a computer uh, resource issue. Again, very limited uh, computing power back then. They needed to be able to cycle through, conserve some of that processing power. So. This engineer hears it and immediately he comes back across the radio and he says, we're a go on that error, meaning they were still good to land. That gets related to Neil Armstrong and they move on. Now, I took way longer telling that story than it happened in, in real life. I, I took about three and a half minutes telling that story. It probably took 30 seconds for all this to happen. But the thing is, is, you know, you've got millions and millions of dollars of material. You've got lives of two astronauts on the line. Nobody's ever heard of this thing before besides one uh, engineer. But as soon as he gives an answer, everybody is, okay, we're good to go. Nobody questioned it. Nobody came across the radio and said, are you sure? Nobody said, you know, what is this? I need to know. All they needed to know was that they trusted that person. That person knew what they were doing and that it was safe to continue. Now, think about that for a second. How often do we experience these 1201, 1202 type codes uh, in our lives, in our businesses, uh, in our personal relationships, in our leadership follower relationships, where they really don't mean anything, but we don't know what they mean, so we get anxious, and when somebody tells us what they mean, we have a decision. Do we trust that person or not? And it's not always as simple as do I trust that person or not? It's have I taken the time to build the trust in that relationship to a point where I can trust this person? So this is why training is important because some of this was created by training constraints, but also the environment for trust was created by the training that they did. You know, they were constantly running these simulators. They were constantly relying on these engineers to give them go, no-go decisions. But again, it was kind of a double-edged sword here. The training wasn't where it should have been to where the astronauts knew exactly what 1201 and 1202 alarms were. But because they did have some level of training, trust was built. And that's what needs to happen in your organizations, right? You may not always be able to provide the best top-notch, uh, top-tier type training, maybe out of your budget, maybe uh, you just don't have access to it in your area, but you've got to do something. You've got to make an effort to build those relationships, to build that trust. So when you get that moment, when you need to make those really life-altering but split-second decisions, you can. So, you know, start with little things, uh, you know, some ideas, yes, self-serving, but listen to this podcast. There's a lot of great information from all the guests that I've got on here. There's a lot of great podcasts out there. I've had a lot of podcasters on my show, uh, John Rennie with uh, Deep Leadership. 
uh, Deb Coviello with the CEO's Compass, um, Richard Ryerson with Dose of Leadership, Dov Barron with you know his various shows on leadership out there, uh, Jim Bouchard, who I've had on here, is a great resource for these things. Take a look. There are training opportunities. TED Talks. I can't tell you how many organizations I've went into where a lot of their training is around uh, going on on TED, uh, looking for topics that they want to discuss, watching the video, and then holding a discussion after. Now, obviously, bringing somebody like me or some other various guests that can come in and have developed training and can facilitate that training and bring out discussion, that's the best thing to do. But if you can't afford the best thing, that doesn't mean that there's nothing you can do. These are other options. Podcast, book uh, clubs, you know, leadership book series. When I was in the Marines, the Commandant had a book reading list. And we would read these books and then we would have discussions about them and develop leadership principles and ideas around these books. That's something you can do very easily. But the point is you have to do something. And you have to do something that allows you to work together as a team. You know, it's one of the shields. You train how you perform. Uh, so make sure that when you're creating these training opportunities, you're giving different people a chance to lead them. You're giving different people a chance to share their favorite podcast, share their favorite TED Talk, share topics that mean something to them. And that you're following through with that trust, Right. Now, there's always this, oh, is trust given or is trust earned and, you know, all that. That's really down to a personal issue. For me, I trust somebody until they prove to me that they can. Now, obviously, there's within reason. If I meet you on the street, I'm not just going to hand you the keys to my car and trust that you're going to bring it back. But when I have the opportunities to trust you with things that aren't going to be major life-altering decisions right off the bat, I'm going to default to trusting you until you show me that you can. And then we're going to build on that level of trustability, right? Some people, they don't trust anybody when they first meet them, and and you have to work to earn that trust. There's no right answer to that. It's what is comfortable for you, right? Because a lot of times the people with the, the lack of trust right off the bat, they've been burned. They've tried to trust before, and they've been burned. So it's not wrong they want you to earn that trust. But the point is, once you invest this time and effort into it, you really have to start building on it and you have to care for it. I've talked about how easy it is to lose trust on here before. You can spend 20 years building trust, but violate it one, maybe two, maybe three times if you're lucky. And that entire 20 years worth of effort just goes out the window. And all of this comes through the training and the trust comes through to, are you going to be able to rely on your team in those critical moments? Are you going to believe in them? Are you going to be able to get through that that major decision, that major pivot point in your organization, uh, that hiring or firing procedure that you're about to go through, uh, the new product line you're getting ready to launch, whatever it is. If you don't have the training, if you don't have the trust, and you haven't actively invested in those, those decisions are going to be a lot tougher to make because maybe you're the only one making them. And then all of the outcome rests completely 100% on your shoulders. Uh, And that can be stressful for you. If you take the time, train, build trust, and and be able to react to those situations uh, from a level of care, concern, and trust for one another, 
you're going to be able to make better decisions and you're going to be able to come out of that unscathed. So that is a very quick version of the story. I highly recommend you go read into the full details of what happened with these 1201 and 1202 alarms. It's very interesting. There's lots of material out there. Gene Kranz has written a couple of books. There's been several movies made about him. Uh, and they depict this because it was a very important moment in us landing on the moon or not. Uh, so take some time, really dig into this story and let me know what you think. And if you took anything else other than what I mentioned in the story today. Uh, so with that, I'm going to go ahead and get out of the way here. And I just want to say thank you for being great listeners. Uh, thank you for doing all the things you do to show the support for this show and my guests. They appreciate it. I appreciate it. And I will speak with you all again in the next episode. Well, all right, folks, there you have it. Another great show about responsible leadership. I really appreciate you listening. And if you have any feedback for me, please reach out at earl at leadershipphalanx.com. That's E-A-R-L at leadership, P-H-A-L-A-N-X.com. Thank you for rating, reviewing, subscribing, and sharing the show so these messages can spread further and make a bigger impact. With that, I look forward to speaking with you again in the next episode. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electric Acid. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement. Inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast.